Thursday night at this time. I'm Mama Mac, and you are Dr. Angel, the famous Dr. Angel Falzoni. I know I say famous a lot. I just keep figuring the more I say famous, the more famous you'll become. Oh, there you go. Right? Just keep speaking it into existence, right? All right. This is our life coaching show that we do every Thursday night at this time and have been doing now three and a half years. And what's the purpose of this show? For maybe we got a new listener tonight or two or three or ten. (laughs) Our show really is about helping our listeners learn to hit those home runs in life. But what does that mean? Live life well, not just kind of exist, not just get by, but live well. Live well. So, I mean, is that talking about financially? What are you talking about, Dr. I'm talking about anything in their life, their relationships, who they are on the inside, all of it, our life. It's not, we can't just have one part of no, our life and it's everything, well. isn't it? Wellness happens across the board. It does. And so many people are suffering and they don't talk about it, right? True. And I think there's really a stigma about talking about suffering. Right. It makes you look weak or like you just can't do it. And it's not true. And I've found through life, there's a very few people in life that will really open up to you and tell you what's going on on the inside of them. Oh, absolutely. That is very true. You know, they put the smile on on the outside, sure. but on the inside, they, they can feel the crumbling of the world and trying to figure right. it out. Right. And so it doesn't matter what they're going through. They are just going to keep it and they're going to deal with it or not deal with it. They're just going to suffer in silence, right? Yes, they and they do. And then they get stuck in it because they're not sure how to get out of it because you sometimes we need other people's support. Right. Um, We need to get it out there and kind of figure out how to get through. And if people are, if some of our listeners are private people and they say, I don't want to talk about this event or that thing that happened to me, then they can go through life a lot of times not dealing with things in their past and suffering for a long time. Oh, they will continue to suffer for a very, very long time because we can't keep it inside and get through. Right. It Well, it eventually comes out in different ways, doesn't it? It does. It'll come out through... Our attitudes, our right. mental health, you know, we'll start feeling anxious or depressed or just overwhelmed. It'll come out through our physical health. We'll start right. seeing that deteriorating as we hold stuff inside. Exactly. But there's an awful lot of people that feel like to really talk about what's really bothering them is too vulnerable. They, they become too vulnerable. They become too exposed. So if you want to use that term emotionally they do and that's a common feeling and a lot of times people will feel that way if they shared something in the past and then it was exposed without their permission that kind of betrayal then it's like i'm holding on and i'm never going to open that piece of my heart to someone again and we can't do that and you know that does happen and we've had shows on relationships and on family relationships but or partnership or spouse arrangements Uh, where people, in a moment of anger, in a moment of, um, you know, just being done with whatever the situation is, they use past events to as weapons. They they weaponize. Right, and they start telling everyone their deep, dark secrets or vulnerabilities, and that's very hard to get through. It really is. But is it common? It is kind of common. I think it is. So so it bears the, the, the point here that it's very important who we are vulnerable with and we have to be we have to be very careful and it's not easy to find those kind of people in life that you can just be who you are and say this happened to me and here's how i dealt with it and you know and really really be open and honest like that it does and you know you may find there's only one or two people in your circle that you can have that limit of trust with exactly and even in life as a total, I don't think there's very many people mm-hmm. in life that you can really be 
totally gut level, lay it out there. This happened. Uh, you know, I messed up in this area of my life or, or this awful thing happened to me, especially in the case of abuse or rape or things like Absolutely. that. That's not something that people normally talk about very much. No, they don't. And the problem is, is those things are toxic no matter yes. what it is. You know, a lot of times people have choices that they made in their early 20s or early adulthood or late teens and they feel so much shame about that as an exactly. adult and they want to wrap it up. I mean, I can't tell you the number of people who are like, I'm so glad social media didn't exist when I was, you know, I would be outed for life, you know, from the things that they have done. And they hold on to that shame for really live in that shame, even in their thirties and forties and fifties. Do you think shame is one of the bigger issues that people face in life? Oh yes. Okay. Uh, This series that we're starting tonight, and it's probably two or three weeks, but that we're going to ask the question, here's the title of it. How does your past affect you now? And that's kind of a long title, but it, it it's really, we're asking this question, and it's a very important question because we all have a past. Well, of course, if you lived on this earth more than one day, you have a past. Exactly. And, and to think that everybody has this um, wonderful, you know, uh, remember Beaver Cleaver and, yeah. and Ward and June Cleaver and all those people back then? Leave it to Beaver. That was the name of that show, remember? Yeah. Uh, back in the 50s and 60s, it depicted a perfected life, right? A life where there there really weren't any problems. Oh, somebody stole somebody's skateboard or whatever. It wasn't anything right. big. Im- big. But it it's that's a but that's not a reality to life. It's not There's reality. a lot of big. And you know, it's funny because sometimes people will look on you and they'll think that you wouldn't have had any problems or you've had all the support you could need. I mean, I get that a lot as Dr. Angel and they're like, oh man, you must have had this like, you know, amazing supportive family. And, you know, honestly, my family didn't want me to go to college. Right. And that was something that was negative now as I learned and grow and they grew, it became a positive thing in our family. But in the beginning, it was a fight. It was a fight. Wow. But they assume that, oh, you must have it all together. That's why you're successful. Not at all. Not at all. You know, as you were talking about that, it just occurred to me to ask you this question. How has the rise in reality TV happened across America and probably across the world? I mean, is it this need to to peer into other people's lives and see what it's really like. And the problem is a lot of reality TV is staged. It's not real. It's it's staged. not real. So, I mean, that that is really kind of a, you know, misnomer. But the, but the truth is these shows are to try to portray people interacting. Like Survivor was one of the first ones. I remember watching that faithfully, you know, season after season for a long time and seeing how these people interacted. But yeah, we also know that those plots were staged, etc. It wasn't just real life, real life. But yeah, there is. I think people have this need to know other people are struggling too. And other people have life happen and other people have obstacles and you know, they need to know that they're not alone in that. I guess the word just keeps coming to me as we're chatting about this as an intro into the series is vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And so many people really are adverse to vulnerability. Oh, yeah, because it's scary. Yeah, it is. And can you define vulnerability? Maybe oh, somebody gosh. in our audience goes, what, what are you talking about? Ooh, on the cuff. Well, you know, it's kind of like just of course. opening the center of your heart and letting someone else see those very deep secret right. places inside of you. Right. Hurt, maybe dreams. Like you can be vulnerable and share your dreams and have people crush those on exactly. you. Exactly. So it's yes. opening that deep center part of your heart and letting somebody else have a view of what it looks like. So is that a good thing to do or should we say audience don't do that? No, it's a good thing to do. <laughs> but it's Why? A- <laughs> Why is that a good thing to do? It's a, well, we need to. We need to have people in our life that get to see who we really are on the inside. Okay. Okay. And and that's how really deep friendships or trust develops, right? Right. When, the, when there's honesty at a very basic level. Correct. And, you know, the, I feel like there is this, like, level of trust that happens, you know. And as we get to know someone and we build that trust that, that we can open a little bit more and deeper of our heart and show a little bit more and a little bit more. And as that trust keeps going, that's how that happens. And what I will see with people is they're so craving that person that I can share, be vulnerable with, that they do it too fast, too yeah. soon before trust is built. And then they get crushed and then they never want to do it again. 
And you're talking there about intimate relationships more, right? No, even oh, with just friendships. even friendships. Yeah, okay. I've seen people who've just wanted this, you know, really close friendship, and then they start sharing, you know, deep parts of their they heart, get and then it really on. hadn't yeah. lived to that trust level yet. We see that definitely in like high school kids. Well, we see it in right? adults, but <laughs> so we see it in adults too, don't we? Yes, we and do. And so there's a lot of emotional damage done. When you're too vulnerable too early. Is that what I hear you saying? Vulnerability happens in connection to the trust of that relationship. Okay. All right. And sometimes people tell you that they are something. And we have quoted Maya Angelou many times on this show. But that quote really bears repeating. When people show you who they are, believe them. And boy, isn't that true. Yes. When people show you who they are, believe them. Because so often we see a side of somebody and we think, oh, that was fluky. They were just angry or or they didn't mean what they just said. And those names they called me, they really didn't mean all that that they said to my face. But eventually truth will come out. Oh, yeah. And if that was a one time isolated incident, that would be one thing but it usually is not no absolutely and if you just kind of sit back you'll really kind of get to see what you know the people around you are made of exactly and why is that important in our lives why can't we just kind of go through life on this kind of superficial level dr angel where we don't ever really talk about our hurts or our or feelings or talk about the things that are most dear, our dreams. Why can't we just keep all that up here on a superficial level? Why not? Well, first of all, that's not healthy for us. Why is that not healthy? Well, we need to be able to share parts of our life, first of all, to let the bad stuff out, Okay. to let the good stuff in. We need that love. We need that trust. We need that companionship as friendships, as whatever relationships we're looking at. We need that. We need that. For healthiness. And it's so funny you're asking me this. because. And you know what? And I wanted to say, you know, we have kind of a general outline. We're going with this. But none of this has no. anything to do with this paper right here that you prepared. This is off the top of my heart right now, just asking you these questions. Uh, and hopefully it's helping people out there because it has nothing to do with, with our show. But it's hilarious. <laughs> but, it, but it does, really. That you're asking this because this week when I was away on a business trip, I was sitting in my room and I were, was editing one of my books. And this was the very chapter Seriously. that I broke down that we are discussing right now. So it's so fresh on my brain about that Whoa. authenticity and that vulnerability. Authenticity, Yes. yes. But, you know, it really is a perfect segue into this topic. How does your past affect you? Absolutely. Right? Because your past can keep you from being vulnerable if you've been hurt, if you've been uh, slighted, if you have been somebody's divorced you. Yeah, betrayed, that you've been cheated on, uh, you've been lied about, you've been called names that were not true, or even if they were true, it was was mean. Demeaned, yeah. Yeah, demeaned. And all of this is the human condition, is it not? This is not isolated in any particular country or state or city or population of color or anything like that. This is human dynamics. Absolutely, it is. It goes across. Absolutely. Hmm. So it bears the question, this authenticity thing. So we have established reality TV is not really reality. No, it's totally not reality. No, it's not. There's a script, you know. Uh, Yes. There's a script, by the way, folks, on most of those reality shows. There is a script they are following. And they've already figured out how they want that. Which person they want that bachelor to like? I think. Oh yes, they. Well, I you know I like watching the home improvement ones. They've already they show them the houses. They already knew the house before they even started showing the showing the film. You know, making yeah. the film. So yes, it's so staged. It's so staged. But our lives are real. Yes, our everyday personal lives are real. Our work life, our social life, our family life, all of that. These are things that a lot of times where the hurt and the problems happen, and we didn't see it coming, perhaps. Right. On a reality TV show, you kind of now, we kind of know how that little thing, that plot twist is going to go. We've seen it so many times, right? You know, it's funny because our lives are real, but so many of us are walking around like we are we are on a stage. We are we just give this false self. Like we put, we're like we're actors in right. our own lives. 
and that keeps us from having to be vulnerable. Well, that is very interesting. Explain that whole thing. And why are you saying that right now? Well, just the way you were bringing that up, it just hit me. And, you know, we do. So many of us want to be something, so we try to portray that and and act as if we are that. So if we want people to think we're confident, we try to act confident instead of saying, you know, I'm really afraid of, you know, X, Y, Z, or I'm really feeling a little nervous about X, Y, Z. Instead of being real about those feelings, we try to put the big smile on and let people and act on the stage of our life to portray the reality that we want them to see. Several years ago, I had a couple people in my church that I pastor that came to me and said, we have an opposing uh, feeling about something you do. And I say, okay, what is it that I do? And they said, and I remember this conversation very well, you expose your own vulnerabilities. You talk about your failures. You talk about how this hurt you or that hurt you and how you handled it. And one of these people said, I really like that. It makes you human. The other person said, I don't want you. This person was up in leadership in the church. I don't want you to appear weak or vulnerable. We don't like, we're having an argument about this. And and I guess my bottom line was, I am who I am, and I am going to be led by God in what I say. And I don't think I ever say anything that is too, you know, too exposing of my inner my inner thoughts. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But I found that very interesting that these people actually came and sat down with me and said, I feel that that's okay. I feel that it's not okay. Why don't you address it? Interesting, huh? It is. I had forgotten until right now that that happened many years ago. And it goes, some people are very uncomfortable. Right. Seeing the vulnerabilities of others, especially leaders. Oh yes. Because we have to think you walk on water and you don't have problems and life is always a 10 and you're happy and you're content and nothing's ever wrong. And, you know, the truth of the matter is that pastors, evangelists, whatever, people in your in your field, counselors, people with advanced degrees, all live a, a human a life. life. We all right? bleed when we're cut and we hurt and we get, a, you know, feel real feelings and fear and insecurities right. and sadnesses. It's life. Nobody's void of having those feelings. Okay. So with all that said, are we saying and are we establishing that there is value to being open and honest and vulnerable with certain people at certain times? Absolutely, there is. Okay. And we are also establishing that to not be that way all through life and be closed off and to pretend you just said the stage. Go back to that thought, the stage and the stage, pretending. Yeah, that we put on this facade and we be, try to become or at least exude what we think we want the world to see in our reality. Right. And we pretend. And we're miserable. And on the inside, we're hurting. And we're, you know, everything's going on that's happening. And it's closed off because we can't let the bad out or the hurts out or the insecurities out. And so right. we're willing to share them and expose them. And so a person that lays their head on the pillow at night knows they've lied their way through the day. Mm-hmm. If they're still aware of the difference between truth and lies, and a lot of times liars go to an extreme and they become almost callous to that, don't you think? Absolutely. They do, but one of the one of the quotes, and I use it in my book, is we lie the loudest when we lie to ourselves. Ooh, I like that. I'm going to write that down. We lie the loudest when when we lie to ourselves. That's who we're really lying to. We're saying the real me isn't good enough for the world. So I have to be a fake me to expose out there. And we're lying. We're lying to ourselves. We're denying ourselves who we really are, our true self. And we're afraid of repercussions if people know who we really are. And by that, we're talking about values. Um the way we think, the way we uh, handle the truth. Absolutely. The truth is vital. Actually, we're just talking ourselves right to a really good intro of this series. This is really interesting, yes. Isn't it? I mean, seriously. Because isn't the truth, and I'm so glad we don't, like, talk about this in advance and know what's going to happen. It's right off the top of our heads, which really is God-led. Absolutely. we, We acknowledge that. But the truth 
is so vital when you talk about the Bible, okay? Mm -hmm. When you talk about the things that Jesus taught, Mm -hmm. it was, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, okay? And so often it's the truth that gets buried into our past and into our subconscious, and we can't look at the truth because it hurts. It hurts, and we don't want to hurt. And we don't like to hurt. Absolutely. Whoa. So how does your past affect you? Well, if you've been one of those that has been very comfortable with covering up the past, the hurts, maybe the infidelities or maybe the outrages or the abuse that you've done to someone or been abused Mm -hmm. by someone and you can't acknowledge that and talk about it, it's hurting you. Right? Go back to the quote about the lies. We lie the loudest when we lie to ourselves. Okay. Why is that true, Dr. Angel? Because when you, when you can't have self-truth, you can't have truth anywhere. Think about that. This self-truth is true. Self-truth is the basis, the foundation of truth. If I can't sit down and be real and honest with myself, there's no honesty coming from me with others. Okay, I'm so, giving a lie to everyone I am with. I am giving that lie that I am super confident or I'm, an, I'm this or on that. Whatever it is we want them to see, but inside, that's not really where we're at. Self-truth is the basis of truth. It absolutely is. We have to be willing to be on. Does that mean we have to go around and tell everyone, oh, well, I'm X, Y, Z? No. No. We can walk authentically, share those vulnerabilities with those few very trusting relationships, and walk authentically you know, walk in our truth without having to be fake about it too. There's a difference. Okay. So we're going to have to go to break here in just a minute, but, but so a person that does not acknowledge within themselves the pain of the past, whatever that pain might be, which is what we're talking about right. here. How does your past affect you? A person that that acts like, oh, everything's fine. It's always been fine. I've never had any problems. I've never been hurt. That can't be true because you're human and, every, and you're not a robot. Right. We've now, for a hurts. robot, maybe, you know, they don't have any problems with, with hurt feelings. I don't know. I don't know any robots personally, do you? I don't no. know. I just had to yesterday, I was showing a house and I had to 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 get access to the house. I had to go on, Pete, on the... the uh, the, 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 you know, whatever it is, the app in order to get access to this house to show it to these people. And it had to me uh, prove that I was not a robot. That's crazy. It, I, mean, I found it very interesting, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. And Hope then there was a, a little test. There was a visual test to oh, prove yeah. that I was not a robot. It's everywhere now. It's online everywhere. It's crazy, isn't it? It is. So, I mean, technology has, you know, really... Well, wow. Kind of corrupted things a little bit and made things better. So you have the good and get the bad. Absolutely. So, Pete, quick question for you. Yes. How important is the truth to you? Very important. Probably one of the most important characteristics in any relationship at all. Exactly. It has to be. And you know what? I knew that about you without me ever asking that question. Because don't you think that when you get to a certain age, you got a couple gray hairs, I do too. Yes. And and when you get a little up there, Dr. Angel doesn't have any, but but we, we tend to notice. Give it time, feel. you'll get some. She'll get some. But don't we feel when somebody's being truthful with us? Absolutely. We know when somebody's being truthful with us, and we also know when somebody's lying to us. And when exactly. you know that person is lying to you right. or about something that's very important to you, that definitely affects you. It, de- it definitely affects you. So... Woo! Good, good answer. Let's go to break. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Call somebody. Have them join in to Go Yard tonight. Prompt professional service is what you will receive when you allow Marsha McAllister of Charles Rittenberg Realty to help find that perfect home or list your home for sale. With over 23 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, you will enjoy a smooth transaction from start to finish. Call Marsha today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. 
Call Marsha McAllister at 727-417-0707. This is Megan, an independent ambassador for Plexus, the pink drink. There is finally a healthy solution to help you lose weight. It's a most natural product that will burn fat, not muscle. People around the country are experiencing amazing results, and you can too. Check out my independent ambassador website for my contact info, testimonials, and product information at mkramer, K-R-A-M-E-R, dot myplexus, P-L-E-X-U-S, products, dot com. Don't turn it off now. You need this stuff. Tampa Bay's Tan Talk Radio Network. Watch the scroll Talk to me about that song, Dr. Angel. Tell I me about will. it. You picked it. I did. It's called Grudge. Grudge. It's by Alanis Morissette. And okay. she's saying, I want to be big and let go of this grudge that's grown old. Whoa. All this time, I've not known how to rest this bygone. I want to be soft and resolved, clean of slate and release. I want to forgive for both of us. Whoa. Isn't that powerful? That is so powerful. Let's, can we go back to that song a minute? Play yeah, that. let me get it back up again. Yeah, get it back up and let's play that one more time. Because now that we know what those words are. Yeah, it was kind of hard to catch it. Was it was hard to song. catch it. But I knew it was important. But let's get, let's get that one more time before we go on with our talk here. Who's the artist? Alanis Morissette. Alanis Morissette, yeah. I'm just waiting for YouTube to load up here. Oh, you're good. Yeah. So... All right, here we go. Wow, good good words. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a human need to feel this. Yes. To feel what? Go back with you got the words still yes, there? Yes, I do. Go ahead. So I want to be big and let go of this grudge that's grown old. Whoa. All this time I've not known how to rest this bygone. I want to be soft and resolved, clean of slate and released. Wow. I want to forgive for both of us. Wow. Powerful stuff. Absolutely. In the beginning of the song talks about how she's had this grudge for 14 years and 30 minutes, 15 seconds. Whoa. And I like how it does that because yeah. when we have grudges, a lot of people, it's it just consumes a lot of our life and thinking. And yes, it does. And why don't you define grudge and then let's talk about some common grudges because that's kind of the, the way we wanted to go here. But... I think our intro maybe just leads it all into it really people does. being able to talk. Go ahead. Because tie it, it all together. That's our past affecting us when we yes. have grudges. Yes. And a, and a grudge officially defined is a persistent feeling of ill will or resentment resulting from a past insult or injury. Okay. So we are having this ill will, this resentment, this negative feeling from something that's happened in our life. Some injury. And Somebody by letting an injury, down. meaning from a person, right. we have to have a person to have a grudge or, an in, you know, somebody has done something to hurt us. Right. Okay. So, and grudges we are stipulating here tonight are um, things that keep your past right in front of your present. Absolutely. <laughs> they, they bring it right really back do. up. And right. They, they do. They consume a lot of our thought because it takes a lot of energy to keep remembering, you have to remember the bad thing, and then you have to remember <laughs> you want something bad to happen to that person, or right. you resent that person for that bad thing happening. Resentment and grudging, gr- well, grudging, it's, it's <laughs> all, I don't know that that's a word, uh, but having grudges, mm-hmm. very important. Give us a few examples, because that's what you wrote down here on this paper for me. You gave me five examples that you've heard in the counseling room recently. I could have written a book on, on this, could've. because this is definitely one of the things I hear a lot in counseling. Okay. And by the way, we are live right now. Some nights we are not, but we are usually live. And tonight we are 727-441-3000. If you want to call in and talk about a private grudge and ask Dr. Angel's opinion on that, you can do that. 727-441-3000. 
727-441-3000. Or if you just have a comment on this this topic, go ahead. Absolutely. So some of the examples I've dealt with, um, a 45-year-old woman who cannot forgive her younger sister because she believes their parents favored her and gave her more when they were kids. Sibling rivalry. That's a big one. And so here this woman is in her mid-40s and still thinking back of her childhood and letting that hold into her life for all of her life. And she was in she was in touch with reality enough to be able to express this to you. Well, what I got was I can't forgive my sister. <laughs> Not I that can't she forgive was ready to sister. move on to it. And I'm like, well, what happened? And then that's when it was all this childhood stuff of, oh, she was favored. She got more. She had better. She had best. Wow. Okay. Do you think that's common from your experience in, in the professional counseling business? Yeah, I do. I feel like a lot of times people will find something that hurt them, sometimes usually in their early childhood or adolescent years, and they like hang on to it and it drives who they become. They can't stop thinking about it. They obsess over it. They do. But they can't go back and change it because it happened so long ago. Yeah, there's and no going and back. so you say that. I'm sure you say that to them. Mm-hmm. And so what if they say, but you know what? This is my grudge. I'm hanging on to it. Well, do they ever say that? Yeah, I do have people. There's no way. They're, I'm never going to forgive that. And, and if you look at this injury, this was not something the sister did. It's the perception the sister was favored. By the parents. So this woman wasn't angry at the parents. It Whoa. was the sister who got whatever she thought was better. So the sister is the one so, who got the brunt of the anger. Right. And the but resentment. There was no action. I kept saying, you know, trying to dig deeper to find where's the action here. But it, so sometimes we will put grudges on and somebody she's innocent. She didn't do anything. Even if she got more, she still didn't do anything. She just accepted. So the grudge became a part of the perception that this child was favored over her, which made her feel terrible all her life and be mad. And ma- and angry. And angry. Very, very angry. And that's what brought her into me was the fact that this lifelong anger has been leading to some serious health issues, having to use some psychotropic medications for mental health issues. And a lot of what was fueling this is this intense. And how did you arrive right. at this being the, the core problem? Oh, well, it doesn't. It takes time. It takes, it takes time. time. I know that from pastoral counseling. It takes time to build up that rapport. And then somehow, sometimes it just spills out of them. They start crying. Well, and you'll see, and it's the theme, but she was not. This one was putting her heels in the sand and was really, was not ready to let go of that. Yeah. No matter what. No matter how much it was hurting her present. Wow. Did she ever? I don't know. Because she didn't stay with you. She didn't stay. All right. Give us example number two. We're fascinated. And these are real life people, guys. We're just not putting any names on them. So, um, and they're all used, by the way, with consent of being able to use non-identifiable information. Um, 70-year-old man, um, him and his wife, I had it written here, but he was married. Him and his wife are still married. And early in their marriage, she had an affair. He decided to quote unquote forgive her but he forgives her in the way that he can make her life miserable for the rest of her life oh, so now he's in his 70s and he his whole goal of his day is to make her pay for that affair that happened and he admitted four this years to you? ago oh yeah he was there's a pride in being able to make her pay her whole life for that one affair whoa well and not that the affair like he was, was fine no but, but if you, when we forgive, forgive means letting go, and they don't owe you anymore, right? But she was paying all her life. For she this. was. So here they had been married forty something years, and that happened early. He said before they had kids, so really early. So for at least forty years of their marriage was him trying to get even and make her suffer. Which begs the question: Why did she stick it out? Because well, and this if is you... one that came in for marriage counseling. <laughs> oh, they came in for marriage counseling. Okay, <laughs> believe so, it or not. Uh, yeah. Well, that makes sense because now they realize they got to get at she what is miserable. the root. She was miserable, and that was really the root of why she was miserable because he wanted her to be miserable. Some people delight. Somebody is it has hurt them, and they delight in the demise, or they delight in the the pain of that other person because they. They were the ones who hurt them. Right. And, and the truth is, is he never really worked through the original no, hurt. he never let worked through Let those it. feelings process so he right. can let go and really right. have that. So, you know, he's just kind of this 
older gentleman that's pretty bitter and really a lot of his really his kids really didn't want much to do with him like he just became this really angry bitter kind of person okay so you are saying and we'll go on to our other examples in a moment but i think this really we're getting at why we decided to do this series early on this year because we really want people to have a good year right Mm -hmm. and for those out there that are regular listeners or those that just happen on to this show it's so important that we deal with the junk in our lives absolutely and not let it consume you your whole life your life will be better if you face it right yes absolutely it will i'm because if we just let it hang in, it will keep going everywhere we go. And, you know, and a lot of people want to run. They run from it. You know, they have a hurt. They're hurting really bad. And I'll see people move, 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 move. And I'm like, why'd you geographical move so much? Yeah, geographical moves. I'm like, why have you been moving around so much? And, and really, they're just trying to get rid of that hurt. But the hurt's in them. It's going everywhere right. they go. And then they just, you can't outrun it. You can't get through that way. One older lady I dealt with in counseling many years ago could tell me, the date that the husband had cheated on her, with who, what the name was, what the person looked like, how she felt, da 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 da, and she had it all mapped out in a chronological order of abuse from this guy, and which told me, of course, right then you've not dealt with it because you want to tell these stories. Right. She she delighted right in making him look bad to me. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? And we're, and we're going to get into that dynamic mm. a lot more as we tear apart this grudge holding because I feel like it's something that a lot of people really struggle with. And yeah. I put counseling examples because they don't recognize it as holding a grudge. They were wrong and they feel very yeah, validated exactly. in being angry and hating this person. Well, this lady did not think that she did anything. She just wanted me to know what he was really like. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Woo! Give me your third example, Dr. Angel. Uh, The 62-year-old woman who hates her dead mother, so mom's not even around, she passed away, for ruining their life when the mother left their father when she was eight years old. Oh, my. And that... And this woman has held this from eight years years old old to 62. And still hates her and blames her and... That's Every like negative. a whole lot of years, 54 he, years of wasted is, time. This is not that uncommon. And I know that from being a pastor. I want to say that because I've heard a lot of this kind of stuff myself. But I want to play devil's advocate here and say, how can a person let a situation that was not their doing or their making control their feelings and ruin their life all these years i don't know that their life was ruined but it was definitely affected it was impacted and negatively impacted impacted good word absolutely because when you're feeling angry and resentment and all those negative feelings towards a person it's holding your relationships back you don't become a person a lot of people want to be around because you're exuding those feelings it comes out of you in other ways and then you're holding in all this tension and stress and all that other stuff that comes with it it's impacting her life and you know, and she'll blame anything bad in her life. Well, it's because my mom left my dad and I was eight and she ruined our life. So nothing good can happen in my life because of that one moment in time. But we are each responsible for our own actions. Yes, we we're are. not responsible for what our mother did Absolutely. or our father did or even our spouse did. We're responsible for what we have done after that point. If that point really impacted your life, a divorce as a child and you went through it and whatever, how has that made you better? It should be the answer. I remember years ago um, reading some book and they talked about, um, there was a, a book on divorce. Does it, does this situation, whatever it is that you're talking about in the marriage, make you better or bitter? Just that one little letter, right? E or I, how important it is. It is really important. And I think what happens is People kind of find this comfort in being able to blame all the bad things or in their life on this one singleized event. So then yeah. they don't have to have responsibility. No responsibility. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. And, you know, I'd really challenge that because when we are adults, you know, when you're a child, that's different. When you become an adult, we have the responsibility for the quality of life we live. Right. And so we need to recognize, yeah, I have this hurt and it hurts really, really bad. Well, how do we 
get through this so that I can have the best quality of life I can have. That that kind of reminds me of the 12-step program where, you, you, you know, step one, you're acknowledging that you can't do this, basically. But you get to that point where in the 12-step program, I think step three or four, where you begin to realize, wait a minute, there are things that have really hurt me. Mm-hmm. Now, how am I going to deal with those things? Right. And I said to somebody recently that I was talking to about the 12-step program that still has a drug addiction issue after many, many years of going through therapy in and out and succeeding and failing and whatever. And the point was, did you ever really go through all those 12 steps? Right. Did you really do that work? And the answer surprised me. It was no. I stopped about step four every time. Because there was probably something that was too painful. There was something there that this person refused to deal with and acknowledged after having been in rehab and different things. No, I never did. Because if you really go through, and this show is not about the 12-step program, but I've had firsthand experience with many people with it. If you really do the program, well, it works if you work it. There you go. Right. Absolutely. But, you know, you bringing up substance abuse, there's a lot of people who struggle with it. And, you know, if you go through a program that's really about trying to change that behavior, you're never going to get well because what's driving that behavior is what you got to deal with. And really, that's huge right here because so many people use drugs and substances and alcohol and try to drown the event, try to drown the hurt, try to drown the grudge. And But what happens, and I've been around people like this, and you probably have too, when they're drinking too much, let's say, all of a sudden, a story will come out. And instead of drowning it, it's almost like it brought it to the surface. Do you yep. want to talk about that? Absolutely. Well, have you like, ever been in a, a situation where you've heard that or si- witnessed it? Because I have. Well, tell us about your situation. Just that was it. <laughs> and all, all of a it's sudden, almost like they're reliving it, right? They're reliving it because the inhibitions are gone. There's too much drinking going on, let's say. And all of a sudden, the truth begins to pour out and they still have never dealt with it, even though they said they have. Right. And they have it. But right, that inhibition comes. But they're still not dealing with it when no. they're on. No, when any they're talking. Because, no, no, that's not dealing with it. Not at all. Woo. Okay, this has been a wild show. Really okay, has. example number four. So the 35-year-old woman who hates the girl she knew in middle school for calling her fat and making fun of her when she was in the sixth grade. She is 35 and like totally stuck on with this happening in sixth grade. And reliving all and this. And reliving it all the time. And this she girl has, told her she was fat. And so, so how she, did that affect? So did she become extremely thin? She has an eating disorder, which is what uh, brought her to uh, me. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Absolutely. And But she is stuck back in the sixth grade event. where this event happened, where this girl said these things to her. And she has not been able to process and get through that event. So we're talking about people, and this is these are all common examples oh, because yeah. I've heard a lot like, of these same things, I and I know you, you could have a written book on this a hundred of these examples right here, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, because the whole point is simply what this series is all about. How does your past affect you now? Absolutely, and it does for a lot of people, if not most of our population. Uh, yes, it does. There's a lot of you know. People, sometimes we have something that we just are. Re- Fusing to let go of, and it comes in, we think about it, it's in our forefront of our mind, It's it drives our decisions, maybe our self-esteem, it's, it's there in our everyday. Right. And then one of the things I tell people is, I can guarantee you the other person probably has... Not no, thought about that for no, years. No idea. What I have found in pastoral counseling, a lot of times when you get to this hot button, whatever it is, you know, that is kind of the crux of their anger and whatever, there's a lot of crying and a lot of breaking down. Well, that's what you want to get to because that's the feeling of it. Right. We're afraid to do that. But sometimes they don't do that. But right. when, when you're making progress with the issue, then they are reliving it and or realizing that they've got to let it go and that it hurts. It does hurt. And when you let that feeling come, feel it, let it go, you really can let it go. And then 
it's there, it but can it's not be. every day. No, it doesn't happen all the time. No. And but there. Okay, back to the. We're going to get to your fifth example, but I want you to talk more about number four here in just a minute. But isn't it true that that people kind of have some kind of a, a proprietary to my grudge? This is my grudge. Okay, yep. this is my pet peeve or my not peeve. It's not that. It's my pet grudge. It's my pet resentment. And this has affected my life. And so this is why I behave like this, because this has happened to me. Well, right. It, they in some way feel people feel like it validates. The val- injury that's that the point had. I'm trying to make. So number four, the 35-year-old woman who hates the girl that called her fat in middle school. How has that affected her life? Well, now she has an eating disorder. I mean, she came to me. She's feeding tubes. She's a severe eating disorder when she came to me. Yes, it really impacted her life. Whoa. Can we ask if she got resolution? She is doing better. She she is doing better. It's going to be a long road for her, but she is doing better. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. That's hopeful. That is hopeful. Whoa, to you out there, we're going to get to number five in a minute. But if you are, if this is kind of ringing true with you and you're going, whoa, this is like crazy, it's time to deal with this. And we're going to talk more about that in the next week or two ahead, how to deal with it, right? Absolutely. And why you should deal with it. But let's talk about example number five. Um, so a set of brothers, 52 and 53-year-old brother, they were a year apart. Um, one, they're bitter and angry towards each other because one brother made a sports team in high school and the younger, the older brother didn't. The younger brother made the sports team and they never spoke as adults. So he was so... That's adult. playing crazy. It was. And so what happened was the older brother was the one actually was my client. And he comes in and they're... Their mother passed away and they need to go to the funeral. And he's like, I have never spoken to my younger brother as an adult ever. What? Oh, yeah. Over the sports team because his, he felt like his younger brother should not have made that team over him. Human nature is really bad, isn't it? <laughs> Sometimes. It, 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 I mean, people can how get can really you justify that, though, doctor? Sometimes we can't. But he really felt wrong. He felt really wronged by his younger brother, Real or not real, he, it was real to him. It's totally crazy. And it's robbed these two brothers of an adult relationship and support and family for their whole adult life. Talk to me a minute then about consequences. Probably a good a good place to kind of wrap all this up tonight here and talk about where we're going next week. But consequences of holding grudges, I think that's, Kind of what we've been pointing out this whole show without even intending to. We have. Well, first of all, it gets us stuck. We are stuck in that event, and we carry it every day with us. And we're thinking about it, and we're expending energy into it. And it takes a lot of energy to hold a grudge. We don't feel – we feel very bound. We're bound to this event. Right. We may be – Reliving this event every time we talk. I was getting ready to ask that. Do these people that you've dealt with, are they not just reliving it in front of a counselor, but are they reliving it every day in their lives? They go back over mm -hmm. it? Oh, yes. So it becomes an obsession. And actually, this injury or insult that happened almost has its own identity. It's a part of who they are. I can't be separate from this bad thing that happened to me. That is one of the reasons they're holding on the grudge. It's hard to let go. To let go of that means I have to let go of this part of my identity that I've held on so tightly to. Well, it's part of their story. Yes. It's part of their life story. But you don't have to let go of the story to let go of the grudge. And so right. that's part of the process of getting through it. But there's a belief that if I forgive or if I let go that, I'm losing a part of my identity that's carried me through all these years. Exactly. Wow. And every person that I work with that I can identify these grudges, and they don't come in, oh, Dr. Angel, I've got a grudge, help me. They come in for something else. No, for something else. And then we're able to kind of, as we go, I'm a root digger, so as we go down the route. You're a root digger. I really am a root digger. Okay. And I I start going, okay, now I know what we're really looking at. And so it helps me to help them, but... Yeah, and they feel very validated in those feelings of anger and resentment and bitterness and hate and some very strong negative feelings towards people. And it's people. been my experience. They want you to agree with them, too. Oh, of course. You have to take their side because that, right. that validates. Oh, that's horrible. That's terrible. I can't believe that happened to you, right? Absolutely. And if you don't do that? 
Well, I don't. I don't. You know, I can empathize with your feeling of feeling really hurt, but I don't have to agree with where you're at and how, how you're bringing it into your life. Because it's not working for anybody. Trust right. me. It's not. It's affecting you and everyone around you to a much greater extent than you even realize. It's a bondage. And there's just no... It's a bondage. Work. It is absolutely a bondage. You are bound to that grudge. You carry it like a bag a of rocks. Yeah. Oh, 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 a bag yeah, of rocks. You're dragging yeah. it everywhere you go. Right. Because it's weighing you down. It's hurting you. Right. And I'm sure we have a lot of people out there in radio land that are right there and that's why one of the examples i wanted people to hear what some of the things people hold on to bring some more uh, or i could bring you a whole book <laughs> <laughs> no i think that it really helps uh, people relate and understand that these are not huge issues like my brother took my wife away from me or something like that these can be just that simple and right. not that complex and yet they can be life-changing yes it doesn't have to be this huge atrocity or this huge drama yeah, that's what i'm to saying be a grudge absolutely not wow okay we've really exposed or begun to expose we got a whole lot more on this this is going to be probably a three series or a four i don't know because we're going to get into some really important things here it's good if you will tell your friends and tell them about go yard and the show if you've caught it tonight and tell some people about it also starcomradionetwork.com saturday and sunday 12 noon eastern We'll carry this show again Saturday and Sunday this week and every weekend. Go Yard is heard at 12 noon Eastern on www.starcomradionetwork.com. Also, you can come right here to tantalknetwork.com and go to podcasts and go to Go Yard and listen to a lot of our shows. And our website has them also by title on the website, which is goyard2014.org. It's an O-R-G. Anything else you'd like to say before we get out of here tonight? Um, this has been Dr. Angel. Oh, that's Dr. Angel, <laughs> and I'm Mama Mac, and we've been really glad to be with you tonight. And tune in next week for part two of How Does Your Past Affect Your Life Now? See ya. Up with the news, I reset my life, take two.